0: Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On this week, Susan Hollinger from Heritage Regina, a Regina sidewalk, yes, a Regina sidewalk, plus outstanding improvements, innovative revenue tools, Regina, what WTF? This meeting is now in session. Calling this meeting to order.
1: Do we have, do we have quorum? I don't think so. Doesn't you, look like it. No, you, sorry. You never know. You know, I sent out the email really early this time asking people to show up, but once again.
0: I mean we're we're a pretty bustling uh, department of the city. You know, you'd mm-hmm. think you'd think you'd think that we had like quorum once. Yeah. So let's take attendance. Uh, first up, we have Lance Depew
1: uh n- Lance uh, Depew? No, sorry. I, I don't see him here.
0: I think he's Belgian.
1: Yeah. I don't remember seeing his name on the email list, actually.
0: Wait, I i see what happened here. I've mixed up the letters. Sorry. It's oh. Paul Duchenne. Oh, that's me. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. No, and I'm here. Excellent. Yeah. And then we have, ooh, this is going to be exciting Anima Dragon. Anima uh, Dragon.
1: Oh, that sounds exciting. I,
0: I don't see Anima Dragon.
1: Oh no. We're not Are you telling me that you got my hopes up that we were going to have a dragon here and we're not? Well, we um try rearranging the letters.
0: You're right ahead of me. Sorry, that's yeah. Aiden Morgan. Okay. Yeah, that's which is me. Hey, so I'm here. Okay. Excellent. So this this whole thing is now going forward. Good. So who do we have on tonight? Who's our first improvement vector candidate, Paul?
1: Well, actually, um, it's funny. There was, like, some interesting stuff that happened at City Hall this week.
0: I I doubt it. That's not a funny time.
1: Um, Yeah, okay. Well, there was. I swear, I swear on this stack of uh, documents that there was an interesting thing that happened at council this week. Uh, There was some heritage stuff that happened involving a property in in the crescents, and so uh, I thought it was appropriate for us to get uh, Susan Hollinger from Heritage Regina to come on and sort of walk us through the the whats and the whys and the hows of uh, Monday's council meeting.
2: Hi, Welcome. Susan. Welcome to the meeting. Well, thank you for inviting me to your meeting. Um, I'm more than happy to talk to you about what happened at City Council on Monday night. Yeah. Heritage Regina was there to um, to try to defeat a motion on the um, removing 13 Leopold Crescent from the heritage holding bylaw list. The owner of that property would like it removed so then they can get a, bu- a demolition permit and have the building um, demolished and, and have a new build house built there so heritage regina is opposed to that move and we were there on monday night to speak about it and we were happy to report that after all of the deliberations we were successful in having that motion shot down so we're moving on to another phase
0: um
2: Um, so i have a question when when you defeat a motion at these meetings what weapons are you allowed to bring you can bring paper Hmm. you can bring a pen and you can bring some really good ideas and good evidence. So, and good information. Paper cuts, stabs, and intellectual damage. Absolutely.
0: And okay.
1: emotional sometimes, too. Yes,
2: yeah, sometimes.
1: Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, just uh, quickly the heritage holding bylaw. Uh, is is a list of properties that uh, many buildings around the city are on it isn't a heritage designation but it basically says that these are uh, buildings that have been identified as having some kind of heritage like quality to them
2: absolutely that's exactly what it is there's about 300 buildings right now still on the list Mm -hmm. um it was last updated in two in the early 2000s and so we've got a number of properties still of interest
1: Right. And the way it's, and if you're on the list, you can't just tear the house down. There's like a whole process you go through. And, uh, if they take your, your building off the list, then they can tear it down.
2: That's exactly right. So when your yeah. you're, when your building's on that list, that means that there's there's significant. It's determined to be heritage significance. So in order to have to do any any demolition to that building, you have to make an application, right. and then there's a heritage assessment done and a decision is made by city council. And and in the past, um, only once before since the heritage holding bylaw came into effect in 1989, has there been a property that where the city denied the um, removal from the list. Right. So this is number two.
1: Oh, all right. Well, I have some audio, actually, from that council meeting that I'll play now so that we can sort of get a sense of the give and take, the parry and thrust of Monday's council meeting.
3: Oops. at no time uh, during the discussion at Planning Commission, was there any pounding of fists hoping that we could just uh, knock down another house? So I want to be clear about that. In fact, there was a discussion, a long discussion, about uh, value and so on. The, the, the recommendation that's before you was a split decision. I don't off-say that in terms of planning commission, but it was a split decision. It was a 6-4. The recommendation that's before you is here for, I believe, the following reason in particular. We felt that the uh, proponent had gone through the process As he described, I believe he had gone in excess of the process and that we felt that that he had done that in a fair manner. Now, I'm going to stop there, and I'll describe this to you slightly differently. If someone calls up to the city and asks, what am I supposed to do when I want to build a new home or renovate my home or whatever, and they get an answer, they get a permit, they do all those things, they should have that answer. If they get that answer and follow those Processes, then it should just roll out. I think that's the way that we want things to work. We believe that that's what had happened here. Councillor Hawkins.
4: So I'm going to move, or I'm going to give council a a notice of my intention at the next council meeting to introduce a bylaw as follows. That council directs city administration, I provided clerk with this, that council directs city administration to serve on the owner of the property at 13 leopold crescent a notice of intention that council will consider desi- will consider designating the said property as a municipal heritage property within the meaning of the heritage property act province of saskatchewan and to take all the steps required to have the said property uh, so designated that said that said that comes at our next meeting our immediate consideration is whether or not we leave this property on the heritage or uh, on the property holding list uh, I am going to suggest that we should leave it on the heritage property holding list. That is, we should reject the, uh, reject the planning commission's uh, recommendation to us. I suggest, that, I suggest that because of the reasons that I think there is a viable issue here in terms of the uh, heritage value of the property and balancing the other interests involved. I suggest that because the owner did have notice before he embarked on this endeavor that there was an issue as to heritage status and i finally suggest that because the stated goal of the city's holding bylaw is to avoid demolition of buildings and structures of significant heritage value and the stated goal of the ocp and i quote is support for the protection conservation and maintenance of historic places if those are our goals if if those are our goals surely we have to walk the walk not just talk the talk and in this case walking the walk does not mean deciding tonight to take the house off the list what it means is creating the space to, to trigger a proper uh, pro- process for determining whether this house should be designated as a municipal heritage.
5: Councillor Murray. There's another side to this. We've got a building that's contaminated with mold that has asbestos in it, which if you're not familiar with asbestos, then you probably haven't been living in Canada for the last 25 years. It's a huge problem. Beyond that, you've also got lead-based paint, so in order to properly retrofit and fix this property, you literally need to take it down completely and start over again, because you're going to have structural issues, we're going to have problems within the roof, HVAC doesn't really exist in a building like this. There are many, many problems. This thing is plagued with a huge number of problems. At the end of the day, I appreciate we need heritage, and it's important that we have that history. This may not be the one that we want to set as our hill to die on. So Councillor Hawkins, I promised you I was going to support you, and you could hold me to that, and I may very well support you, but we may not have a lot of support at this council because man, this thing is going to be a trouble to fix up. I feel for the uh, feel for the proponent here if uh, he 's forced to try to fix this thing because it 's going to break the bank um, Council Price
6: I think that people need to go. Uh, when they're purchasing properties like this, when there are caveats on it, they have to go in with their eyes wide open. It'd be a, a huge red flag if somebody said you're not allowed to do a, a, a home inspection. I would, that would be a huge red flag for me myself. But there's also the caveats that go around um, things like when there's when there's something on the, you know, when it's on the heritage holding bylaw. It's not that you just put in an application and you automatically can demolish it within sixty days. You. Here we are at council dealing with this. So I think people really need to go into uh, properties like this with their eyes wide open. I'm not going to repeat anything that's already been said um, because I think, it, to me, I agree with Councilor Hawkins. I think we need to start reviewing these properties and not be so stagnant. We either need to do something with them or take them off the list, not stay stagnant the way we are.
1: All right. So the first voice you heard there at the top of that montage was uh, Councillor O'Donnell, who was the uh, council's representative to the Regina Planning Commission. Mm-hmm. He's the one who brought forward the recommendation that uh, the building be taken off the list. So what did you think of, the, uh, of how things turned out at council, the way that the discussion went, Susan?
2: Well, I thought that the, the discussion was a really open and, and thoughtful discussion. Uh, it was good to hear all the sides of, of it, and I think that um, all the councillors that, that spoke, whether in favour or against, had had their reasons for that, and I think that you know the debate was necessary and really important, and I think that there was a lot of key points that were brought forward and are and, now part of the public record that perhaps weren't there before. There was some mis per- perpetrated at city council Mm. myths about you know the the issue of mold and asbestos and things like that i mean we have people members of heritage regina and other pro bono friends of heritage regina were spent time in that house they didn't experience health issues or things like that related to to mold they did indicate that they, they saw some or smelt some evidence of that. But again, you know, a home inspection is required and, and so on. This is a 70-year-old property. And the type of, of um, renovations that would be expected to be done on a property like that would basically be taking it down to the studs, and mold removal would be expected in, in these circumstances. Asbestos, same thing. There's a boiler in the house. The pipes are wrapped with, with, um, with the asbestos-based product anybody doing a renovation on a home with a boiler has to manage that and whether you're tearing down the house or you're going to renovate the house you have to treat that product in the same way so it's not more cost or less cost it's 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 the cost that you'd have have regardless so i think what we saw at city hall was You know, again, like I said, a few myths still floating around there that if you have a heritage house, it's going to be really expensive and it's going to be, be, you know, prohibitive in cost. But that's not necessarily true. And there really isn't a lot of evidence to that. And I think that that's something we need to work on with the city and and get information out to
1: people. Right. And you guys actually worked with the owner of the house to try and uh, uh, sort out how to... uh, restore the building to its uh, former condition?
2: Absolutely. Um, I wasn't involved personally, but other members of Heritage Regina and, as I said, friends, friends of Heritage Regina um, toured the house on more than one occasion. Um, engineers and other folks like that who are familiar, a developer, um, a fellow who um, draws up house plans and does things like that, those are all people that were there to look at the state of the property and to try to help and encourage the application for the her- the designation of the house, because once the house is designated, the property owner has access to the um, funds available through the city, which is really a ten- up to ten year tax abatement, or or um, rebate on your taxes for doing renovations to a heritage designated building.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, but why exactly? Like, like what about this house? made it worth saving like why was why was this house house on the holding by a lot to begin with
2: well, interestingly enough, um, why the house is on the list, it wasn't documented. So again in 19, I think 86 or 89, sorry if I'm not 100% accurate, but they went around and they looked at a lot of buildings and and the the people in the know with the city at that time created a list. So we actually volunteers, three volunteers on our heritage Regina research committee did a heritage assessment on that building. To, to the best of their ability because they, I'm not sure if they were inside the building but certainly they were out, plus they did all the historical research. So I'm just going to refer to my notes because there's oh, a few sure. things, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so, f- so it's not just the building, right? Because I think, you know, when we talk about heritage, we talk about it more just, you know, you're not just the exterior of the building, there's things about the mm-hmm. interior, but there's also things about who lived there and and this house has many components of that.
1: Right.
0: Just uh, Before you get into your notes, Susan, just a reminder to everyone, you're listening to us on 91 Point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Yeah,
1: and we're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Oh, in case anybody forgot,
0: no, nobody forgot. No, they were just they were just waiting to say it when it would have maximum impact.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh.
2: Okay. Continued. Okay. The, the yeah. educational piece, but maybe a little boring. But hang with me, okay? So the washer resident d- displays design features from modernism as well as from the streamlined modern and Spanish revival design area eras of the mid twentieth century, and and that's talking about the outside of the home. It has to do with the curved bay win- window of glass blocks. It talks about the corner windows. And if you ever get up close to the house and you look, the corner windows are glass, but there's no supports in the, at the corner. They're constructed in such a way that they support themselves. And this is actually a Frank Lloyd Wright um, style. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing has to do with the roof. And the roof looks like it's clay tiles. It's actually metal. And it's designed in a Spanish revival um, way to look like um, tiles. A uh, couple of other things about it, there, we, we don't have very many buildings in Regina that reflect these types of characteristics. Um, it was constructed 1944 to 45 and um, one of the reasons for for the sort of older date of it was because that land was owned by the, by the rail yard and they were actually going to that corner there was supposed to be the site of a railway station at one time. So wow. different city things were going on and different property owners. So actually, the <laughs> c- you know, that land was was rail yard land at that time. A um, couple of other things about it is the um, Waterbury Watchman. Um, or sorry, let me get it right. Waterman Waterbury Manufacturing Company was a construction firm known for its construction of rural schools and furnaces during the first half of the 20th century. It was established in Minneapolis in 1907, and it operated in Regina, Swift Current, and Winnipeg until um, 1972. And um, so references to the Waterman, Waterbury construction activity is found virtually in every local history book in Western Canada. Between 1923 and 1930, the firm constructed over 20 buildings in Regina. So then we get down into who was the architect, who actually would have mm-hmm. designed that house. And there's an interesting fella, um, his name was Milton Campbell and um, so it's expected that he played a role in the design of this building and, and as an architect he there's history behind that so without getting into all of that also um the um some interesting things about this is that the um Watchler Residence ha- has only actually had three owners ever in 70 years, mm-hmm. and one of the owners was Franklin E. Watchler, who lived there from 1945 until 1949, and he obviously worked for that company that actually constructed that house and, and other po- properties. So the location is also significant. We we refer to it as the entrance to the Cathedral neighborhood, because or the Crescents neighborhood, sorry, because it... Um, You know, it it has that prominent corner. There was a sister house there next to it, and um, that one was taken down when the city um, did renovations at that corner of College Avenue and and, um, Albert Street.
1: Right. And in case anybody's not clear on where it is, it's uh, right on the corner of College, and it's like the southwest corner of College and Albert, so it's kind of across the street from uh, the Cooper Place Tower. Right, right and it's like a little white building with a, with a ready orange metal roof that looks as you said like yeah. clay tiles.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other interesting part about that house is the interior and people don't really see that and and the, and one of the the Heritage Regina um, board members who toured the house and, and actually um, did a lot of, had a lot of time inside spoke of it this way if I could. Um, the woodwork is gumwood, which is in very good condition. If you know anything about uh, old homes, gumwood is not something we can readily access and replace today. Um, the, there's wrought iron railings inside that are original to the house. There's an arched glass. There's an arch, art glass window that is the most striking interior feature. And then he refers to that corner window. The frameless corner window breaks the box by opening up the corners without any structure. And then it says that there's an unusual layout um, as the dining room, kitchen, and den are basically like a basement in a bi-level, partially in the ground. So it actually has a very unique inside, too. Now, may not um, be the most appealing to every family, but again... um, You know, when we think about old homes and we think about renovating old homes and whatnot, um, certainly, if we can protect interior features, that's we we would like to do that too. But we understand, of course, that sometimes we have to modernize places. So Mm -hmm. boilers may need to come out and be replaced by furnaces and air conditioners, things like that. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: what was the reaction uh, when when this motion, you know, to to remove it from the holding list didn't go? Sort of in the, in the room, what was that like?
2: Well, City Hall is kind of a conservative place, so you don't get to yell out. If we could have yelled out, <laughs> we would have yelled out, um, because we were very, very happy about that. As I said, um, since the Heritage Holding Bylaw list's inception, there's only been one other place, and that was the Masonic Temple. So this is actually the first private residence that has actually been you know, where the city is denied removal from the list. Right. So and it's so you said there
1: was like sixty others that there's have been, there, been removed from the list and then yes, whatever could happen to them.
2: Absolutely. So at any time of the of the those left behind, at any time the owners could come to City Hall with the same request. De- you know, to have them removed and then apply for a demolition permit. We do know, we're happy to report that the incentives program that the City of Regina offers to, to those who designate their buildings um, is, is being accessed, but what we notice is it's primarily being accessed by businesses that own properties or um, multifamily dwellings like apartment buildings. So again, not necessarily individual homeowners.
1: Right. Um, so I guess the next step here is that the motion that Hawkins has put forward is going to, like, seek, I believe it's provincial heritage designation for the house, which should open up a much better sort of uh, range of options for them versus just the municipal heritage designation, which is what they looked at before. Correct. Um, so, but I guess to sort of wrap up our discussion of the Watchler residents, like, why bother? Like, why do you guys bother doing this with these houses? Why do these things matter?
2: Well, I think these things matter because our history tells our story. It tells us where we 've been and where we come from and I think if just even coming to this radio station today, I notice that this building is a heritage building and it 's beautifully preserved and it's usable so heritage is about conservation it 's about not being wasteful and it 's about keeping and honoring the our our, our important places so heritage isn't just buildings it's locations parks things like that it's art it's stories it's all of those things and and as we say it's it's a reminder of of who where we come from yeah oh mm.
1: uh, just one point uh, it would be true that we'd be in a lovely uh, heritage building of a radio station but if that's where we were, but... We were
0: actually in a sub-basement <laughs> of City Hall
1: yeah. with,
2: like, dripping pipes and asbestos everywhere. Yeah. Well, we wish you could move to a heritage building. It so do wonderful. we. There was yeah. a heritage building at, called City Hall in the past, but unfortunately it made the same... It met the, the demise that so the Washer others. residents all almost met.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so if it's rail yard land... Not worried about this being haunted by, like, vengeful engineers
2: or anything? No, probably not. No. Okay. Because the railroad never really built it there.
0: Ah. They could have, like, plans. They, they could have outsourced some ghosts and just moved them in there. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. Just I'll, I'll say that much.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so what else uh, does Heritage Regina have going on right now? Like, what other, uh, what other projects do you guys have on the go?
2: Well, Heritage Regina, we do lots of advocacy work, uh, like, like you've, you happen on Monday night. The other thing we do is we do liaison work and we work closely with the City of Regina, their planning department. We have regular meetings. And one of the projects that we're trying to push forward with them is we want the city to reach out to all of the, the property owners uh, of properties on the Heritage Holding Bylaw list and we want them to hold information sessions and teach them about the process and show them how they can apply for designation and what the value of that is and, and, and the benefits that they can receive from that. The other thing Heritage Regina does is education. We run walking tours in the summertime um, and we bring guest speakers um, for de- throughout the year and we do things like that. We're a small organization that we're trying to build because... There was a time when, you know, heritage buildings were interesting, but there wasn't a lot of activity. So we're really trying to bring that into the forefront because this is a growing city, and I think we've seen from our last housing boom that things are changing and things have changed quickly here. So um, we need to have a lot of work to do. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. and how how do people find you? Because... um, your website it's <laughs> is, <crappy.
2: laughs> is, I couldn't
1: find contact info on your website and I had to track you down through through uh, nefarious means.
2: Yes and I take it back what I said about the website actually because again yeah. as we say we rely a lot on volunteers Absolutely, yeah. so we do we have some excellent people that work on our website and we've just been actually doing some revamping work awesome. on our website so mm. how can people contact us I'll, I'll say Google Heritage Regina um, I can you know provide see if we can get some links to to um, you know? Do you guys have a website down here in the basement? I don't know because if you do, we could always give you a link. I think um, it only
1: works on a Gopher browser. Uh, but right. um, yeah, That's we do, do you, have a website.
2: Text only, I'm afraid. And yeah,
1: yeah. It's, you know, with old
2: boom. ASCII art.
4: ASCII a art, a lot of like ASCII the whole art. The
2: Well, but the best that 1997 has to offer. Okay, well, um, we could we could try that, or I could also provide you guys with a phone number, and maybe you could announce it. Uh, you know at one of your meetings you could or send out your oh, email sure. if you can get the names right that would help okay
0: <laughs> we, we have a really good record with names we're yeah we're well, like we're at 30 percent, i think
1: i think so yeah okay Somebody well here. that'll help yeah yeah
0: all right. right well so thank you very much for being on the show susan uh for being in the meeting i should say and we've decided that you are an improvement vector for the city of regina
5: awesome and you get
0: your own certificate Okay, thank you so much. No, not at all. It's suitable for framing, or we also
2: have a lovely manila envelope you can store it in. I, I'd, like a, I'd like a manila envelope. That's oh. <laughs> uh. And I really like the Rider emblem. Thank you. Thank you. No, no
0: problem. We crowdsourced the uh, the logo. We, we actually uh, hired a designer, and he crowdsourced the logo to, uh, to a group of uh, nine-year-old kids. Uh, it cost us only $40,000. Well... That sounds reasonable to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a steal at twice the price. Thank you. No problem.
1: All right. Next up,
0: I believe we have some innovative revenue tools wherein we find new ways uh, for generating money for the city.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this week um, we have some uh, we have something about uh, intersections. Yes. Did you know that like there are more accidents at any at, at intersections than at any other part of your road? Network. I don't know if that's true, but it's essential to this project working that that be true, true. so um, we're just going to go with it that that's yes. true. So, intersections are incredibly cost-intensive. Uh, Not only are there, like, uh, car accidents that need to be cleaned up by our emergency medical and uh, uh, disaster response people, but it also is the most intense for things like lights, crosswalk signals, the um, the lines. They've got to, like, change direction for the car, that mm. put the truck that puts the lines down. That yellow paint. In the yeah.
0: Road? yeah. 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 That, that's, that's not cheap.
1: No. So there is a lot of money that goes into an intersection. And, you know, it just gets paid for like any other stretch of road.
0: The injustice.
1: I know. But one thing that, uh, you know, we've noticed is that there are also a lot of cameras at intersections uh, there to, you know, catch people who speed through lights. hmm um, but when nobody is speeding through those lights, those cameras are just idle they 're yeah. not really accomplishing anything they 're not generating any revenue
0: and we hate inefficiency exactly in the Queen city improvement bureau
1: exactly so uh, we, our, our subcommittee uh, was talking about this, and what we think we could do is since these these crosswalk lights are already set up you know view cars, record cars, spot their license plates. Mm-hmm. We could just start logging everybody who goes through the intersection, yeah, and then we could charge micropayments onto their property taxes for their use of our intersection this
0: this would be perfect yeah it's not as it's not as exciting as other revenue tools that we've come up with, for example, you know stealing all the birds from North America and putting them in no. the stadium, which I thought was. That was pretty good. That was pretty was good. It, yeah. Yeah. but this this one is actually very very effective. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a
1: little more understated. Um, hopefully, it goes unnoticed uh, uh, for a while before you know, so that it can like pay for itself at least. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But and, yeah, and I think Regina citizens will be only too happy to look at their property tax bills and see slightly more money on them.
1: Exactly. Um, It's a user fee. We're okay with user fees for the pools. We're okay with user fees for, um, you know, all these other city services that are Mm -hmm. offered. Uh, I think that, you know, it's time that the intersections and the drivers who travel through them start carrying their their weight. Exactly.
0: Uh, Maybe we could charge more for left turns.
1: Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's very good. Yes. All right.
0: Uh, That's why they hired me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, well, that's it for this week's uh, main Innovative Revenue Tools, but we've got a bunch more that we can listen to right now. Excellent. All right, we're back from the Innovative Revenue Tools, and I just want to apologize. I uh, beamed my head on one of the pipes on the way into the office this morning, and uh, I've... uh, I don't think I'm working this machinery the, with the competence I normally do. I,
0: I think it's because you've been sleeping on the asbestos. It's a big pile by the boiler.
1: I thought asbestos was totally safe.
0: It, it is, but sometimes it can cause slight cancer. Oh.
1: But oh, just as long as it's not cancer of the brain, I'm fine.
0: That's, <laughs> that, that,
1: that'd be the one. I think oh. lung
0: cancer. But, you know. Oh,
1: I don't a- need, what do you need lungs for down here? Exactly. Lungs, brains.
0: Yeah. They're all optional.
1: Hey, Aiden. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a tender is? Uh, do I? A tender is when the city needs some uh, services or needs to buy some product, and they post a notice saying, "Hey, uh, suppliers, could you uh, give us some uh, bids on what you can offer us, and we might buy your stuff." It's it's
0: weird that you would explain it to me because I I know exactly what a tender is. I work oh, with
1: too? you here. Oh, okay.
0: But but you know, just in case somebody was walking by or listening
1: to the. Well, this week, there are several tenders that uh, I thought we should should bring up at today's meeting. So I'm going to play those tenders right now. For a tender moment. Feel that? Feel that change in the air? Seasons turning, winters passing. Know what that makes me think about? It makes me think about getting all that alleyway maintenance done. Fixing the roads. Oh, but it's a big job, and that's why the Queen City's thinking about renting a skid steer, a pad foot, a hydro excavator, an aerial lift truck, and a compact excavator. A skid steer, pad foot, a hydro excavator, an aerial lift truck, and a compact excavator. You've no later than 2 p.m. Central Standard on March the 9th to get your tenders to Ambassador's desk. Or the fifth floor purchasing branch to rent us a skid steer, a pad foot, a hydro excavator, an aerial lift truck or a compact excavator, a skid steer, a pad foot, a hydro excavator, an aerial lift truck or a compact excavator. And that's a padfoot compactor to be precise. And if you can find your way to throw in a crawler loader well, that'd be nice six months of rent can be expected but the lowest bid it may not be the bid that gets accepted and bids that are unsigned obscure actually you know anything irregular or missing info that was requested or answers that went unfurnished those bids are rejected and thrown onto the floor City will ensure to indemnify the vendor from misuse of your skid steer, your pad foot, your hydro excavator, your aerial lift truck, and your compact excavator. Your skid steer, your pad foot, your hydro excavator, your aerial lift truck, and your compact excavator. So remember, 2 p.m. Central Standard on March the 9th, to get your tenders to Ambassador's Desk or the fifth floor purchasing branch to rent us a skid steer, a pad foot, a hydro excavator an aerial lift truck or a compact excavator a skid steer, a pad foot, a hydro excavator an aerial lift truck or a compact excavator and this has been a Queen City tender moment hope you found it informative Two, three, four, skid steer, half-foot, hydro-excavator, aerial lift truck, compact excavator, skid steer, half-foot, hydro-excavator, aerial lift truck, compact excavator. We need your skid steer and all the excavators.
0: That that was the greatest five
1: minutes of my life. (laughs) I hope you found it informative. Yes. And I, yes, and I, I hope you feel more prepared for the winter maintenance or the summer maintenance season.
0: I'm always prepared. Good. But yes.
1: All right. So next up, we have uh, City Hall, what the uh, WTF? Yes. Yeah. And this week, we have moved on to Ward 8.
0: The eighth ward.
1: We are, at the eighth ward. I
0: thought we were going to do Ward 25.
1: Um, no, that's in a dang, I can't do the math. It's in at least 12 weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're probably wondering where Ward 8 is.
0: Sure. Okay, Why?
1: well, <laughs> you up some more music <laughs> Whatever. then. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. All right, here's uh, Shane Haneka is going to explain to us where Ward 8 is.
3: Commencing on the West City Limits to the CN Rail Line and the West Boundary Road, east on CN Rail Line to Last Mountain Short Line. North on the Last Mountain Short Line to 9th Avenue North, east on 9th Avenue North to MacIntosh Street, south on McIntosh Street to the CN Rail Line, east on the CN Rail Line to Louvain Drive, south on Louvain Drive to the CP Rail Line, southwest on CP Rail Line to West City Limit near the intersection of 13th Avenue and Courtney Street, then proceeding west along the city limits to include the West Industrial Lands, the Global Transportation Hub area, then north to the point of commencement. So don't be late, Regina. You've got a date with the great Ward Eight.
1: All right, so that's the boundary of Ward Eight. Nice, and that ward includes Luther College High School, RCMP Heritage Centre, the Optimus Park, uh, the Regina uh, Royal Regina Golf Club, Regina Exhibition Park, the Regina Water Treatment Plant, Linda's Sugar and Nails. Nice, and most importantly, the Coney Island Poutine Cafe.
0: Wow. Yeah. So I could go golfing, puttinging. Yes. Her- RCMP heritaging.
1: And get your sugar and nails sorted out.
0: Nice. Yeah. No, it sounds it sounds like a great ward to spend an afternoon in.
1: Yeah, and it's um, it's also uh, it butts right up against the global transportation hub uh but uh, the global transportation hub is its own little fiefdom and so uh it's not really part of that ward uh we should probably actually like save that for a, a city hall wtf of its own at one point
0: certainly and it's really busy selling bits of land back and forth to itself anyway so yeah exactly thousands yeah. of microtransactions per second
1: yeah there's probably an innovative revenue tool in there somewhere there that i'm is. sure is totally ethical <laughs> um the counselor for the ward is Mike O'Donnell, who's in his third term on city council, and he's a retired school administrator and teacher. Um, he was the executive director of the Regina Soccer Association. He has seven kids.
0: Seven kids? Yeah. Who has the time?
1: I, I don't know how he could manage that and be a city councillor. He was also chair of the 2011 and 2012 National Infrastructure Summits, and he's on the Saskatchewan Urban Municipalities Association Board of Directors. Hmm. And we listened to a little bit of Councillor O'Donnell in uh, the first half hour, um, but I have a little bit here. Now, the sound quality on this is very poor because it's from 2011. Uh, councillor O'Donnell has been one of the people who's been pushing a... Um, uh, the the density agenda at city council he believes that, you know density is a good thing uh, in 2011 a uh, silver sage a first nations housing cooperative tried to build wanted to build uh some low cost housing in coronation park coronation park went bizonkers at the possibility of people renting in their neighborhood uh and uh they tried to stop it councilor O'Donnell was one of the people who said, no, we're, you know, this is a totally fair, you know, use in your neighborhood. And here's the tail end of his speech where he defended, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this development in Coronation Park.
3: You will note in our report that if this development goes ahead as planned, that it'll increase the density, density in this area by 7%. Now, you note that we mandate that when we look at infill housing, so we want to increase the density density is a good thing. Density creates community. So I'm going to finish with this thought. I've told you this before, and I'm going to tell you again, and I'm going to keep on saying it as long as I'm on council. I want one of these days that when we have an infill housing development that looks after people, because everybody needs a safe place to live, that the residents will step up, welcome them to the neighborhood, And say, I'll also look after you as my forefathers looked after me.
0: Thank you. You know what I think? What? I'm thinking he wants density and infill just to accommodate his massive seven-child family. (laughs) And the more density and infill we put in the city, the more children his family will produce until we're roughly 7% O'Donnells. Wow.
1: That's possible
0: as possible. Yeah. I also want I'd also like to know how he balances work life and family.
1: Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh I know that he's like one of the most on the ball counselors. I think maybe he just is counseling all the time.
0: Well, shucks.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Uh yeah, okay, so I think that's it. I think that's Ward 8. This week sounds great. Yeah. Uh, also, not only that, we
0: are our meeting is being broadcast on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina Community Radio.
1: Yeah. All right. So, where are we now in the agenda?
0: I believe we have another candidate for improvement vectorship.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, right here. Yes, it's
0: a sidewalk. It is. I love this.
1: Hello, Regina Sidewalk.
0: Hi. Hi. <laughs> wow. So nice of you to come up, you know, to actually get down to the basement here. Yeah.
1: not yeah. for, amazing. For a very long time, we've heard about, um, you know, how the, the adequate state of the sidewalks in Regina, that, you know, there's a lot. Uh, while there are some problems, for the most part, sidewalks in Regina are, you know, fair to average to good quality. And um, so we just kind of wanted to get you down here as an actual sidewalk. To sort of confirm that, so we can just you know tick a box on our uh, in our in our reports, and we can just like move on to something else. So, Regina sidewalks, they're okay. We could do better. We could. I don't. They could be improved. They could be so improved. Oh, so we oh well then it's good we have you here.
0: Yes. actually, I think uh, I think we should actually do our true false quiz. Okay. To determine whether this sidewalk is, you know, appropriate as an improvement vector.
1: Okay, sure, let's start with that.
0: Okay, so we're starting the true-false quiz now. True or false? False. No, that was true. So, not off to a good start. Uh, First question, there are 1,000 miles, 1,600 kilometers, but 1,000 miles of sidewalk in the city of Regina which is only one-tenth of the distance that the Proclaimers would walk to fall down at your door. Na-na-na-na. True. Yeah, that is true. For 50% so far. Question number two. Sidewalks are made of cement, traditionally, but over time they eventually become a composite material of insect skeletons random sneakers and winter gear, and discarded election signs. True. That is quite true. In the movie Sidewalks of New York by Ed Burns, sidewalks appear frequently but almost never have any spoken lines. I didn't see it. That is false. You have seen it. (laughs) Next question. You're doing really well, by the way. The city of Regina literally employs someone to walk around on all the sidewalks just so they don't feel lonely. I wish. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and uh, last last question, and uh, this, is, this is an important one. Uh, there's also a bonus question, but this is the last question. That's not a true-false question. Footpaths, trails, and boardwalks are laughable, crude walkways... That long to be real sidewalks one day, but they never will.
6: You're putting me in an awkward position. Yes. You're right, it is true.
0: I'm sure you sidewalks get together and laugh at the footpaths. Yeah. It's yeah. It happens. <laughs> and the bonus question, uh if you could improve one thing about the city of Regina obviously from a sidewalk perspective what would it be
6: snow clearing
1: snow clearing mhm why as as a sidewalk i would think you know you would you would welcome the uh, frosty covering of uh, the the winter blanket that is draped upon you every every winter season
6: all winter season what well, yeah. you would think but it's alienating
1: it's alienating it how so it
6: keeps us it separates us from the people that we want to frankly have mm. walk all over us
1: really um so you would prefer what exactly like how would you like your the the snow then to be removed
6: I, in an efficient effective manner and timely
1: yeah Ooh. Yeah, the city claims that within seventy-two hours of a um, of a snow event, that they have uh, like seventy-five percent snow clearance.
6: I'd like them to define snow event. I think it's like a concert, something like that. Yeah.
1: By snow
0: or a festival? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I shake mean, your had...
1: boom boom down.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he only really had a couple of hits, but you know we. We love to have him here in the city. And then uh, and it motivates the city's workers to like, right. remove all the snow. And within three oh. days
1: of him showing up, we just yep. remove him.
0: Exactly. 75% of him. <laughs> I don't know what it, what happens with the other 25%. All
1: right. So um, I've prepared uh, some photos because uh, a lot of people don't know that you're a sidewalk, but you actually have a Twitter account.
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is it? What is the Twitter account? It's... At sidewalks of YQR, right. I think.
1: Um, and you've been um, you've been posting some pictures of, uh, of of other sidewalks in Regina, and I just wanted. I've got a couple here that I was just wondering if you could um, sort of show me or describe to uh,
6: the listeners what uh, what you're seeing there. Well, this is a uh, speed reduction sign um, that was helpfully placed on me. Um, and it's a, a notice to cars, people driving cars, that they should reduce their speed. Um, and it is uh, directly in the path of any pedestrian. Were there pedestrians in the city, uh, it would uh, be in their path. It would be an impediment to their their walking.
1: Right. And and how does that make you feel? Despondent. Despondent. Good word. Yeah. Um.
0: By the way, I think it's great that you're getting out there and taking photos. Not many sidewalks,
6: like, have mobile phones or Twitter accounts. Again, it's not easy, but it's something that, you know, I, 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 we care. Yes. The sidewalks, we got together and we decided that we care enough to well, reach out to the citizenry and say,
1: come pull, on.
6: Pulled your money, got a phone. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: okay, I've got another one here. We uh, could pass that over to our sidewalk. What, what are you seeing there in that photo?
6: Well, that's um, a piece of jagged uh, metal. Um, the uh, The caption is "Beware the tetanus trap on Albert Street North of Vic in YQR." And then uh, a question, a query to the City of Regina: Why is this allowed on public walks? Um, and um, there was no response. There's no response. Oh, there may have been a response to that one actually. Um, that, uh, that I think they had sent someone out, an inspector, but. The the general gist of these is that it's a kind of a chronicling of um, the pedestrian experience in the city, and um, the general um, message that's given to pedestrians that, and sidewalks, frankly, um, that um, that these are not to be used. Mm-hmm. That th- mm-hmm. that walking is not something that is encouraged, despite it being a part of the plan. It's right. not something that is encouraged or supported.
1: That jagged piece of metal, that strikes me as one of They have these uh, square cutout parts in, in your, your Confederates that they've placed uh, metal pieces, like square metal pieces, over top of. And then over time, these things get beaten down, and occasionally <laughs> and they, rust. They, they rust, and they, mm-hmm. they stick out corners and uh, metal pieces. Mm. Um, I always thought this was natural defense for sidewalks.
6: You mean we're weaponizing ourselves? Yes. That that's an understandable conclusion to jump to, um, but it is not the case. This is this is something that was foisted upon us, um, and and I, it's it's really not our our intention to um, to uh, to uh, alienate walkers, pedestrians, people with mm. strollers.
1: With with te- with tetanus traps,
6: no, Cause, no, because yeah. I, I was
0: pretty sure that you'd you were here to you know injure walkers and and maybe take our jobs or something. No. Oh. Um,
1: so with something like those tetanus traps, uh, so these these metal squares that have been laid down over holes in the concrete. Uh, I'm sure you go to uh, sidewalk conventions from time to time. Uh, have you spoken to other sidewalks in other cities? Is this a typical um, a typical way to remediate uh, uh, holes in sidewalks?
6: Well, don't be silly. I don't go to other conventions in other cities. I'm. It took me. Do you know how long it took me to get into this basement? I can't travel. We do correspond, though. Um, okay. We are connected. And um, and uh, the general sense is that it depends, that there seems to be a consensus that cities west of the Great Lakes, say, they tend to have um, the similar issues. Uh, east of the Great Lakes, not so much. There's more density. Um, right. And, uh, and, and you don't find the same kind of uh, impediment to walking in these other places. Right. So...
1: Right. Um, I've got another one here. Uh, this relates back to your uh, your uh, snow clearing uh, point. I I don't see any pedestrians in that. I don't, I don't see what you're upset about. There's no pedestrians at all in this picture. If you could describe it.
6: All right. Well, this is descriptive radio. Um, painting a picture for you is a, it's an image of um, of uh, taken from a car. I don't know how we took that, but taken from the passenger side of a car Um, and it's a view of uh, someone in a motorized uh, wheelchair uh, and they're sort of beetling down uh, the middle of the street and they're not on a sidewalk they are actually in traffic with other vehicles motorized vehicles Uh, and uh, the caption is honk if you've seen this in yqr uh, this is what happens when sidewalks aren't kept clear right hashtag we need a bylaw
1: Right. So I guess that's what you're calling for, is that, you know, a shoveling bylaw for years, unlike this one where there wasn't really sort of a call for it, but if... Right. If people who are mobility impaired can't even use the sidewalks for half the year.
6: Impaired or even, uh, yeah, impaired uh, to to any degree. Anybody who has any kind of impediment to getting around, whether you're in a wheelchair or you're trying to get a stroller across, uh, you know, an icy sort of minefield of a sidewalk or you are somebody with any kind of mobility issue, like an elderly person, a retiree. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've viewed from my perch on the side of the road, people electing to walk down the middle of a, of a snowy road rather than on on me mm-hmm. because of the state that I've been left in. Nobody wants it.
1: No. So uh, what uh, going forward, what are you kind of hoping? Um, I know that the city has uh, a road renewal project uh, that it's instituted, a 1% mill rate increase every year that's supposed to go to road renewal. Uh, but in their update, uh, their recent update in December, it was kind of thin on details about what kind of work's being done for sidewalks. Apart from, if uh, you know, at a corner the sidewalk has deteriorated a, much, uh, a lot, they'll put in a pedestrian ramp. But beyond that, there's not a lot of talk about remediating the concrete. Um, what would you like? Why do you think it's important for uh, sidewalks to be kept up? I mean, apart from your own personal interest.
6: Well, it's, I think it's a, I think it's a human right. I think it's um it's about getting uh having access to safe walkways. Um it's just a it's and it's something that, you know, the citizenry of, of this city and other cities are paying for ostensibly. That they're paying for this service, that this is something that sidewalk maintenance is something that they pay for and it's not necessarily something that they're getting. So that's um and, you know, people drive everywhere, so So what I'm hoping for, to answer your first question, uh, what I'm hoping for is uh, better sidewalk maintenance and walkway maintenance in general, and what I'm expecting is nothing.
1: Hmm.
0: Sidewalks deciding what rights belong to humans. LOL.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for coming in and sharing with us. And, you know, we're really sorry that you're feeling so despondent and lonely. Um, I hope that, you know, uh, treat this is outreach. Hopefully this will, like, get people to, like, Um, treat their sidewalks more kindly.
6: This helps. I appreciate it. I appreciate you boys having me in on the meeting. Thank you. Excellent. We'll
0: we'll walk around on you as well. Okay. Uh, And I've tabulated the results of the quiz. Uh, I should let you know that the last bonus question, which you so eloquently answered, uh, this is a true-false quiz, and the answer was false. However, you've you've still passed the quiz, and you get... Your certificate of improvement. Ah,
6: oh, thank you.
0: You're welcome. It comes like like uh, like Susan's. It comes with a its own Manila envelope. Ah, oh,
6: thank you. I will keep it in my deepest crevasse. <laughs> oh,
0: thank
6: you. All right, I think we have to
1: call for adjournment. Motion,
0: motion to adjourn the meeting. I no mo- move.
1: All right, I'll uh, second that motion.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, everybody. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We'd like to thank uh, Regina Sidewalk and Susan Honger from uh, from her vagina. Regina. Uh, also, thanks to Ryan Hill, aka Guidewire, for providing our fantastic theme music. You can find us on Facebook, also, Twitter at Queen City IB. Also, we have our own website, uh, queencityib.com. Uh, if you want to listen to our episodes as podcasts, or go straight to the source, cjtr.ca, uh, you can find us there as well. I think that's it. Uh, next up is Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V, followed by South Centric Electric and then the cockpit. Keep on improving, Vagina.